Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! That's the Fizzle Show song right there. That I made that song and it gets me pumped up. And I get pumped up because we're talking about stuff that's interesting to indie entrepreneurs. That's what we're doing. This is the Fizzle Show. Most business ideas fizzle out. But we live in an age where you can make a business so much easier than you've ever been able to before. The tools, the access, the resources, the education, all of it is readily available to you. And yet, this is not an easy thing. We make this show for people who can't help but want to create their own living doing something that they care about. People who are building businesses, projects, passion projects, creative endeavors. That's what we exist for, to help you learn how to get it off the ground in a way that keeps it sustainably flying in hopes that it, you know, obviously the main goal here is, for me, I want to support my family. I want to keep, I want to, well, what I really want to do is, is I've got my business partner, Corbett Barr, on. Corbett, say hi, Corbett. Hey, everybody. I want to make Corbett rich. That's my little, that's, I, I got to do that with my life. That's my, that's my, you know, and then I also have to, you know, my, my wife, she needs, she's like a doula and she's way into birthing stuff. So I got to get her a lot of these like long knitted things, <laughs> these like doula, doula gowns, doula gowns. I got to get mm-hmm. her one of those. So I got Don't forget fi- about the gluten free crackers. And then the gluten free crackers. That's so funny, man. That that like we still get, and we get a lot of these now. People who have gone back to the very beginning, the very first episode, and just gone onesie twosie all the way through it, and all the little inside jokes throughout the years have been awesome, just awesome. We're also joined with Steph. Steph's in Louisville, Kentucky. Say hi, Steph. Hey, everybody. You know, Steph, I got to be honest. <laughs> It's a little less sexy to say. And we're joined by Steph in Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, Chicago had a little bit of sex appeal over that, I think. You'll get used to it. <laughs> we haven't been there yet, so we can't judge. No, I'm just saying what it sounds like. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's just the sound. I think, I think I'm, like, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's awesome. But, you know, it's just Chicago's everybody's like, all right, mob bosses and deep dish pizza. Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky? We've got horses Kentucky? and bourbon. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Moonshine. Yeah, I got okay. it. I got it. Horses, <laughs> it's it's bourbon, and moonshine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like it. So, guys, today on the show, I want to do something special. We're talking about... Okay, let me open this up with this. Let me ask you guys this. Corbett, I'll start with you. What do... What, 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 what? Just come up with your like gut answers to this question, you guys. Corbett, what do entrepreneurs need these days? What do indie entrepreneurs need? Like, What are the things that an entrepreneur who's trying or, or someone who has hopes of being an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur, what do they need to kind of keep going to make sure that these things work? What do, they, what do entrepreneurs really need mm, in their internal life? Internal or external things? I think, I mean, I, I like, well, what external and it, what, what, what comes up when you answer that? I'm, I'm actually curious. Well, yeah. I don't know. Externally, they need, uh, customers, right? Yep. They need, um, internally, I'd say they need focus and vision. Mm-hmm. What else? I want more. Steph, what comes to mind for you? Like, what do entrepreneurs need? Well, okay. So I definitely think support is a huge part of it as well to feel like you're not the only crazy person in the whole world trying to do something that might feel a little bit countercultural with your life. It can Mm. be extremely isolating. Yep. Totally. Yep. 
I think I think uh, like the me like it, it, the vision thing or the like the motivation. The, if I don't have that internal that internal energy or interest sort of churning and he, and like if I don't have that engine powering me, like the things just fall so flat. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's also, I mean, I hate to overuse the word clarity because I feel like that's like a hot word or whatever, but that is yeah. definitely part of it too, is knowing what to do next or having a good sense yeah. of what step to take is feeling so frozen with indecision just because there are so many options. You end up doing yeah. nothing at all. So having some clarity in terms of what needs to happen when. Mm. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So this is the stuff, right? This is the, I mean, we, we, and I, and I, we know we've been teaching entrepreneurs for like five years now. And most of the things that I find that people lack have been internal for the most, for the most part, though, there are a lot of situations where it's like, actually, you just need to know, okay, here's, here's, here's how to set up a blog and here's, here's what makes a good content strategy. And here's how to understand uh, how products work on the internet. Right. But when I think of entrepreneurs, once they get up and going, once you get your value proposition and you've got your, your domain name and your website and you got your, you're actually making some customers and you realize that this whole thing is just like, it's like more chores in your life, but they're chores that you'd like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Cause I'm now I'm focused on a topic that I actually care about. I made a website about golf and I like golf and now I'm getting some traffic and some purchasers of my product or whatever. It's a topic I care about, but there's a lot of work to do. And if you don't have that, sort of, I don't know, for me, like the, the main thing is that like vision motivation. It, if you are inspired, it makes a difference in the work that you do. I mean, would you guys, do you agree with that Corbett? I mean, you're the least yeah. woo of all of us. Totally. No, I mean, uh, for, even though I, I'm, I tend to be less woo woo than you guys, I think the, um, it's a constant, almost daily search, sometimes struggle to find that fire that keeps you going and makes you feel like, you know, some days you get to the end of the day and you're like, damn, that was a good day. I feel like I got Mm. a lot done. I worked on the right things. Everything's going great. That to me always starts with this. I don't know how it comes about necessarily, but it's this feeling you get like early in the day, like today's just going to be a good productive day. And every day you kind of wake up wondering, is this going to be one of those days? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I it reminds me of that. Go for it, Steph. I was just going to say, I think especially in the face of other responsibilities and other life stuff that's happening, like that's really where when you start, when you have your idea at first, there's like that romantic honeymoon period where you, th- you even think to yourself, there's no way I could ever get tired of this idea. You know, that newness, like it's so exciting. Mm. It's that, that, that's, that feeling is never going to wear off for me, but inevitably, no matter how much you love the idea, there's other life stuff that's going to challenge your dreams and projects. So that might, mm. you know, that, and that might manifest itself in the form of family responsibilities, day jobs, weird life stuff happens that, and all of those things don't degrade how much you love the thing necessarily, but they do just demand so much of your attention and your bandwidth to the point where something's got to give. And I think if you don't have that internal compass that we're talking about, then the first thing that's going to fall off your plate is the non-essentials. And if that's your business idea and your projects and Mm. your big goals, then that's going to be the first thing that you have to let go of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think this point is so good. This idea that there's just stuff that comes into our life and just demands stuff from us. And, and oftentimes that, that actually isn't even all that important stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just like distraction. It's just, it's like Corbett was talking about a few episodes back where he's just like, dude, you know, for me, it's the news. It's mm-hmm. the news. 
right? Just just staying up on the news. I mean, all this Donald Trump stuff has always just like, and it hasn't stopped since it started. It has not stopped. Do you know? Do you know? Like all of the things you could get fired up about in the news, or just like social media. Like a lot of us just fall victim to. You know, oh my God! How did I just spend an hour and a half like yeah. just mindlessly scrolling through my Instagram feed or something like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, honestly, email itself, just like literally a thing that's important for my business, is like because this is where a lot of communication happens. There, uh, it, this is enough for me to be completely distracted in the day. By just email, by just the crap that's coming into email, right? So we need this. I love how you called this stuff, this internal compass, this sort of like engine, this, this motivation or, or vision, this energy that, that causes us to stay interested in the thing because it's almost like, it's not gonna, like, well, I don't know what I'm getting at is we, it's not going to happen unless we do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen unless we do it. We are the indie entrepreneur and we, for the most, most of the part, like we have to do everything in our businesses. Like a lot of us don't have a lot of money to, to hire people to work on stuff, the important stuff. Uh, we have to kind of make sure all the plates stay spinning in the air. It's all up to us. And if, and if we don't have focus, like Corbett said, the very first thing, what do we need? We need focus and vision. If we don't have focus, our ideas don't get executed. Right. And you've heard Corbett say this a bunch that ideas aren't the real sort of entity here. You're paraphrasing me, paraphrasing someone. I'm paraphrasing (laughs) you, paraphrasing, you know, Corbett Barr, he's got that quote. Mm -hmm. What is that quote? It's like, uh, it's, it's from Derek Sivers. He said, uh, and it's a, it's a brief blog post. It's really awesome. It, it it says, um, uh, ideas are the multipliers. Yeah. 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 Or ideas are just a multiplier of execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not, it doesn't really matter how good your idea is if you don't execute on it or if you don't execute on it well. And I think, you know, so many new entrepreneurs feel like the idea is the thing. In fact, you were just saying it last week on office hours, you were talking about how you never really felt like you were ready to go because you didn't have the perfect idea. Mm. And an yeah. idea is just one part of success as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Now, I think I think none of us. I, I think this is actually this kind of gets me fired up. This next bit here, this idea that I think I think everyone deserves to make their idea a reality. I think that's really more than anything else. That's if you look at our business, if you look at Fizzle, this is something we actually really stand for. It's this idea that no, 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 you deserve to be able to make your ideal idea a reality. You deserve to be able to, everyone deserves to be able to do that. That's just like, that should be just like a part of, of life. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg. It might mean that you're just, you get to go to the farmer's market and sell your artisanal jams uh, and you enjoy it because that's something that you care about and you, you like to do all this stuff and, and you feel connected to your community and it helps, you know, cover the coffee bills and whatever it is, right? But in whatever capacity, I think people these days, we are so hungry to bring ideas to fruition, to find meaning in the sort of the work that we do and the, and the way that we interact with our communities and stuff like that. And I think you deserve to be able to make a thing a reality, especially if you're, you know, it, it, because you're not the kind of person who's just sitting on your butt doing nothing about it. 
right? This is the saddest thing is that people who can be working super hard and just frantically doing all this other stuff and they don't actually, it's like all this motion, but none of this like actual progress, right? So what I want us to, to realize is that you can create your business, your idea, your thing and make it a reality, but you're not entitled to it. You, you have to not just work and make all this motion. You have to work smart about this thing. You're still going to have this focus and motivation problem, right? We're not just because you deserve to bring your thing in the world doesn't mean that focus and motivation are going to be diff, are, are, are going to be easy for you. They're still going to be tough. Right. And I, I'm actually curious in this idea for, from you guys. I want to know this idea of like, yeah, people struggle with focus and motivation. This has been common since like the, the dawn of time. Uh, and there's been a lot of bad advice out there. And I want to know what comes to mind for you guys. Bad advice that you've seen people give in a, as they're trying to solve this sort of focus, motivation, uh, intention problem that, that people seem to have. Do you, does anything come to mind to you guys? Hustle harder for sure. Hustle, 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 <laughs> hustle harder. That's, That's the, the first, first thing. thing that came. Yeah. yeah tell, me, tell me more about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to name any names here unless you guys might want to, but there are definitely certain marketing gurus or people on the internet who that's their, you know, that's their MO or that's their message that, you got to hustle in order to make it happen. You have to work harder. You're, you know, whoever stays up the latest gets up the earliest. Even people with good intentions. I'm not saying it's like people are using this message or crafting this message maliciously, but even the messages that we've been sold this idea that you've got to get up at five o'clock in the morning if you want to, you know, have this like morning routine. That's the only way that's going to set you up for, for a good day. And it doesn't come down. I think whenever we get too rigid about what the rules are in terms of, you know, you have, you have to be waking up early. You have to be the like person who's working the longest amount of hours. You have to earn six figures. This is another thing that's been driving me crazy lately. I feel like I'm seeing this everywhere where it's like, when did six figures become the benchmark of success? Like you, you haven't been successful in your business until you hit six figures. Like, what is that? So it's mm. like, I think the, the reason I bring that example up is because here at Fizzle, we talk about MVI or minimum viable income, which is a very custom experience or very custom um, need that you have as an individual. So mm. I think that anytime we try to blanket, anytime somebody's selling you like this is the path to success and this is the, the definition of success, I think it comes back to it has to be a highly individual curated um, definition for you and for your family and for what you want your life to look mm. like. Mm. Totally. What, what comes to mind for you, Corbett, when you think of terrible advice that people have given throughout the years for, for solving focus? Remember that Shia LaBeouf meme from a couple of yeah. years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was you the best. That. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell the people, Corbett. Tell the people. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, for some, I think it was for like a, an art school or film project or something. He basically recorded this insane motivational talk. It was just a couple of minutes long. And it was essentially just him yelling just do it over and over again like <clears throat> this idea that you can will yourself to motivation and you know i think you can will yourself to motivation for short periods of time you know you can do it mm. you can get something done this afternoon by willing yourself to do it mm. and of course you know everything that we do comes from some sort of will but that just do it that that hustle harder mentality i think is meant to be used in a sparing short-term kind of way mm, the yeah. real quest is how do you find sustainable 
motivation? How do you find something that you can tap into on a regular basis, on a daily basis, every morning Mm -hmm. when you get up? How do you find the clarity, the focus, the motivation, the will to do what you know you need to do that day? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to that point, all right, this is, this is great. We've heard people talk about these, like, you know, basically both, we all said the same thing, this idea of hustle harder, hashtag beast mode. I think there's probably also an error that we make in just like the, the, the power of positive thinking, just kind of mm-hmm. overdo wish, wishful thinking, I would say, you know, I think positive thinking is probably, uh, there's probably a way to do positive thinking in a disciplined way that, I mean, it, to be honest, it's just been really, it's just been really useful for me because I'm just such a cynic in my head, but I do, I do notice when people are literally suffering from suffering from wishful thinking, right? Where it's just like pie in the like like head in the sky, like not thinking literally in the real world. And I think that does us a disservice as well. It's sort of the opposite end of the spectrum of of like hustle harder and beast mode. So to this point, like imagine, all right, you guys, here's my pitch. Imagine a pill. Imagine a pill, and here's where like the tech music comes up, and like you know lights come down. It's like imagine a pill, (laughs) okay? And imagine a pill that when you took it, it like within five minutes you'd know exactly what to work on next and why you would why you want to work on that. Like it would not just like let you know with like total clarity and confidence, like oh this is the thing that needs to be done next out of all the possible things I can work on, this is the most important thing to work on. And then it also kind of gives you the motivation, like the, the internal reason why to do that thing. I mean, can you imagine, by the way, how, how amazing that we like, think about, like, I'm, I'm curious on this. We work with entrepreneurs all, all day long, every day, right? We, we hear from them in office hours and then fizzle Friday calls. We've got support emails from them. The forums are full of all of our delicious fizzle questions, right? Um, how do you guys think the, the forums or the interactions we have with people would change if there was such a pill on the market that like literally you could just take and, and you know exactly what to work on and why it matters to you? Do you, I mean, I think I would see a lot of changes. I mean, I I think we would see a lot more progress, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the number one thing. Um, you know, how many people do we know who spin their wheels for months and months and months because they're second guessing themselves. Yeah. Um, because they are trying a bunch of different projects at once because they just don't know what they're, they don't have direction for some reason. Yeah. 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 I love that idea of just spinning, spinning their wheels. We do that all, we do that all the time. I mean, look back on my, like my, I, I should say, you know, people need to know this about me. I'm a creative and, and interesting kind of person. I can, I can see that, that, yeah, there's something, but man, I am such a nightmare when it comes to getting actual things done for most of my life up until the past, like five years or so, or almost like more like three years. It's just so easy to just be in entrepreneurship mode fantasizing about the website. You think you're thinking about something important. Should I use this domain or should I go with that one? I don't know. I don't feel confident making a decision yet. I'll switch my idea. I'll switch my mindset to focusing on other things that matter. Like what color should the logo be in? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Just like all of this stuff that is not creating any real progress, but it feels like it is. 
uh, that idea of that pill that you know exactly what to do and why to do it. And there's no side effects to this pill, right? This is like, like, there has to be that. There has to be like, there's no side effects. This would be amazing for all of us because here's one of the things that we know, and I've been just utterly personally convinced of this beyond a shadow of a doubt the last several years of watching, watching this so closely is here's what it, here's what is necessary for success, right? It takes an enormous amount of energy over time in the same direction to create success. It takes an enormous amount. Listen to that. It takes an enormous amount of energy over time in the same direction to create success. This thing that you're trying to do is possibly possible. You just have to use energy over time in that same direction and constantly work your way towards it. There, there's no guarantee. There's no like, there's no like a uh, guarantee for any of us to be successful, no matter how great or crappy our idea is. It's still going to require this enormous amount of energy over time in the same direction to be successful. I think that's what we have to count on. Right. And so I think of someone like, like someone who I love uh, as a modern example of this is, is Elizabeth Gilbert, right? You know, this, this saying, it takes 15 years to be an overnight success, right? We've heard this. It's a cliche. We've heard it from everywhere. And, and it's true. Elizabeth Gilbert's a great example of that. She was writing for about 15 years before she had her big breakout hit that eat, pray, love. Uh, book, which I'm reading right now, by the way, I haven't read before. And it was, it was, it's so good. I'm, I'm literally loving that book. High, high, high praise for the first, you know, whatever, 40 pages of that book so far. But it was those 15 years before then she was just writing articles and like, she wrote a few books that you've never heard of. Right. And stay that like, like little tiny bubbling success. Right. And then she has some crazy big breakout success that almost nobody gets in their life. That kind of, that kind of success with a book. But it, it's not like that would that just happen. It's not like she's like, I want to write a book about my travels to India. Like it's, it was a total part of this bigger f- structure that she had in her life, which was all of this writing she was doing. And I don't know, this sense that like 15 years to be an overnight success, this isn't going anywhere, right, Corbett? Like this is what it's going to be like. It's going to take energy in the same direction to create success. Do you see this changing in the future? No, I mean, no, the, the, I think a lot of people wish there were shortcuts and that, and that's Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, people get preyed upon, honestly, by unscrupulous teachers and gurus and whatnot, who are like promising that they have some secret that can shortcut your path to success, but they don't Mm. exist and they never have. And I, I, I don't foresee them existing in the future. Anything that is significant and worth achieving in life is going to take a lot of focused effort, like you said, in one Mm. same direction. Yeah, totally. Okay, so I think the big question here is, is twofold. First of all, do you think 
you can, with the right kind of, you know, whatever, rails or, or, or tracks on the ground, that you have what it takes to kind of like, yeah, I can keep going in this direction and spend my energy to, to create my own success in this direction. That's the first question. Do you even feel like that's an opportunity for you or, or potential for you? And I think mo- many of us would say, yeah, okay, no, we could figure out our way to do this thing. But the other question that I think this begs is, why would you spend all of that time and energy on something that you don't deeply care about, right? This is this is a thing that like I was listening to Rich Roll. Have you guys heard of Rich Roll? Do you know this guy? Heard He's of like Rick, a, Rick Roll. Rick Roll. Rick yeah. Roll. Maybe that's him. Rick Roll. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Is this all a setup? Same. This is all say yeah. So Rick Roll is uh he's this like ultra marathoner uh uh you weren't thinking of Rick Ross, were you, Corbett? No, Rick Rolled to be Rick Rolled as in mm-hmm. the meme. Rick Astley. The original oh. meme. <laughs> no, there's a real guy called Rich Roll. All right, I was right. It's Rich Roll. Yeah, you can be Rick Rolled. <laughs> this is different. This poor guy's got the name of Rich Roll. Never gonna Roll. give you up. Exactly. <laughs> and uh uh, oh shoot! Now I think I'm forgetting. I think I'm forgetting why I even brought him up in the first place. This oh. is hilarious. Oh. This is great. I Good think going. I lost it. I think Squirrel. it's gone. I oh, think no. it's gone. Squirrel. I had too much fun because I was thinking I was picturing Rick Ross and his Instagram feed, <laughs> and then I was picturing being Rick rolled and that big that those shoulder pads in that suit that he's wearing mm-hmm. the movements. Mm, delicious. But this point, like, why would you spend all this all this energy that it takes? to be and and time that it takes to create your own success, which is absolutely a possibility and you're not guaranteed for it to be within a certain amount of time. Um, but you can, you can, you can do it, right? Why would you do that in a direction or towards a destination that, that you don't really, really care about that you don't deeply personally want, right? And I think this is, this is what I was getting to that rich roll thing about is, is he was, he's like one of these great examples of a guy that like you got all the success in the world eventually after he he like like drugs and alcohol ruined his life but he he was like a stanford graduate all all these all this potential drugs and alcohol like ruin his life for a while and then he gets back on the on the horse he, he sobers up completely and he becomes like badass awesome guy at the law firm but he's eating like crap because that's how he's sort of medicating himself because what he realizes as he gets to the top of the top is he's kind of like I, I don't even want what why did I want this so bad this isn't even the thing you know like we can all get so easily trapped in all this bull crap that's just almost seems like the current it's like the flow of of things just gets us going and we have to do this we have to do that we're all used to that we all know what we mean when we talk about that there's this documentary called the cruise which I haven't seen yet so I'm gonna talk about a documentary I haven't oh, seen before but I love this- <laughs> I love this. I feel like we need some some intro music to uh and now Chase Reeves explains a movie he's <laughs> never seen. He hasn't seen. <laughs> <laughs> but someone explained it to me last night and it sounded so great. It's like this this guy who does he does bus tours of New York City. And they're hilarious. Like he's like showing you all the sights and sounds and the buildings and stuff like that. And you really get a good sense of of the city. But throughout the whole time, he's making commentary on people who are cruisers and people who are commuters right and the and the commuter has to like go frantically from thing to thing and they're just trying to get to work because then they can get to this thing and if they get enough to do that then maybe they'll get this sort of thing and they're just kind of living out in the future somewhere uh everything they do now is for some you know something that might not ever really happen this kind of thing and the cruiser 
the cruiser is just living in the moment, man. <laughs> and so the whole time, you can imagine if you get this like older New York guy talking you through the whole city and giving you this weird like existential, <laughs> like what does it mean to be alive thing. I suffice it to say, I got to go. First of all, I have to see this movie. Second of all, I got to go. I got to go do, uh, do, do that tour. But why would you work so hard to spend all that energy over all that time in the same direction, if that direction isn't something that you actually deeply personally care about, right? This <laughs> it's is a good question, that, but I feel like that's you're explaining most people's career, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a quote. There was a quote in a, a movie, um, a documentary that our friend Adam Baker uh, published like three or four years ago. Uh, this woman said uh, she had spent a couple of decades climbing the ladder only to realize eventually that the ladder had been leaned against the wrong wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing, right? Now I thought my, you know, this is, we're we're like traipsing around this concept of, of like discover your passion. And, And we don't really like that language here. You know, we've done episodes on that in the past. We don't like that language. I like the, I like the language of curiosity and following your curiosity. I like the language of care, uh, doing things that, that you feel like are important or that matter or that, that turn you on in the world. But this language of find your passion has really become the sort of the title for it so it's okay for 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 like that's what that's the the sort of the space that we're speaking in even though we don't like that language but i think what i thought is that my quote passion was just gonna like i'm gonna just like it's just gonna i'm just gonna find it one day like it would just like hit me right between the eyes you know i thought it would just bang it would just i would just get it and it's like oh my god and i always had the sense like of like it always has to have been there the whole time you know this is the case like right it always has to have been there the whole time you just finally notice it mm-hmm. right that's like and maybe that still is the case because what has happened or what i feel like i've learned is you don't just like faff about and do life and then maybe one day this thing hits you you can you can like spend time over time if you don't try to rush it if you don't try to like you don't have to go to a seminar and have tony robbins like yelling at you down your throat like what are you here on this planet to do and then you just come up with like whatever ideas right there and then you go with it because well (laughs) like that was a pretty exciting moment i guess right but it might not be the thing it might not be the thing and you got to give yourself the time to figure out if it's the thing or not. Right? So when we think about this discovering our passion, what's the direction we want to be heading in more than anything else? I think we got to be honest and realize that you only know what you know right now and you don't know for certain on any of this stuff. Right? So what we need is more of a habit of motivation and vision, right? based on what's happening right now and what we want to be happening in what in the direction of right now that we need more of a habit of that than we need some sort of a a plan to get to some far off destination which we might not even want to be there once we get there cuz you're going to be a different person when you get there right one example i use for this all the time is hey instead of saying you want to be a writer say i want to be writing Right. Just make that your new sort of identity. In fact, go one step further and we can turn that. That's like a vision. I want to be writing. Let's make it a value. And let's say, I want like, how do you want that to feel? Well, I want to enjoy it. 
All right, so write this every day. I want to enjoy writing. Now, the difference in the way that you would live between I want to be a writer, something that I'm not already, but hopefully one day I will be, and I want to enjoy writing, you can do that second one. You can do that right now. You can't do that first one right now. You can just like try a bunch of stuff and hopefully one day enough people say that you're a writer and now you believe it or something. This is a great example of what I'm talking about. The difference between having a habit, I want to enjoy writing that you can do every day and some far off destination that you hope to arrive at and you hope to enjoy once you get there. This is what we've just made a course about in Fizzle. That's what this has all been building up to. Good Lord. This, I think, is the, is the, personally, I think this is the hardest, this is the hardest thing because it's ongoing. And if you have, if you have a business right now that isn't working or that you're trying it out and you want to switch to a different one, this applies. And if you have a business right now that, that has been working for forever and you just want to optimize it, this applies. And if you don't have a business yet, but you know you want to work for yourself or whatever, this applies. This applies to me, to Corbett, to Steph, and to anyone along any stage of the journey right? That's why this thing, is, this, this concept of how do we create a habit of vision, values, and motivation, internal energy, like inspiration at the things we want to be inspired about, the directions we want to be heading in. If we can get that happening on a daily basis, we become more than a little bit unstoppable as entrepreneurs. Right, so we created a course. I, I've been working hard on this course that I, that it basically teaches you how to do a daily direction practice. That's what I've called it. It's also that's sort of like a the ten dollar way of saying like it's like I get you to write these things down every day, and you ha- it's like a practice of you writing a few things down every day before you start your day. You do the the writing of of your sort of journaling stuff on the right, and then you plan your day on the left. And I teach you how to do this. It's about two hours of video training with a big old course workbook. And people have already been using this course material and having a bunch of great, freaking exciting, life-changing things with it. So to me, I'm super excited about this stuff. Corbett, you've seen me watching or making this sort of stuff on the side. What if To like more of the analytical person out there, because I, I got to be honest, I like that I got to get a little woo-woo in this one. I actually show pages of my journal and like <laughs> it's a little bit woo-woo. Like I get into a little bit of the hard stuff, but it's also like so applicable to just a pure, rigorous intellectual uh, and analytical thinker because... What we know is it takes an enormous amount of energy over time to be successful. And if you are not tapping into your natural internal motivation, you are going to burn out. It's just, that's what's going to happen. So as you, have you seen me like, and if we, as we've had conversations about this thing, what, what would you say to someone who's like, well, I don't know if I want to take a course about this sort of thing. Well, so, um, okay. First of all, I believe that you are your habits, right? The Hmm. progress that you make, towards any goal is dependent on the habits that you create, whether it's fitness, health, relationships, business, whatever it is, you have to create habits in order to succeed. So this feeds into that beautifully. We also know from actually a podcast episode that we did, maybe it was episode 99 or a hundred, something like that on productivity journaling 
We know that there are studies that show that people who take time daily to write about their goals and what they're working on, what they've accomplished and so on, that they are, they make more progress than people who don't. So Mm. there is a serious basis for this work. I think the way that you go about it might be more woo-woo for some than others. Maybe the way that you do it would be more woo-woo than the way I would do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the facts are that, that this kind of daily practice is immensely important. We talk, we've talked a lot about what we call operating systems, just how yeah. you get work done as a company, as a team, or as an individual. And those operating systems have a regular flow, a repeating process, a habit that, you know, you might do certain things once a month or once a quarter, but as you get down to it, there are things that you need to be doing every week and every day to tap into that focus, that vision, that motivation that you were talking about earlier. Mm, Love it. Love this. So we're launching the course today. It's, uh, you can, you can check it out at fizzle.co slash journal. There's a big, uh, big, the, we made the first video basically available for free there. Um, and I do want to say there's this thing we're doing right now. If you purchase in this course in the next week, we're doing a free, like a three week coaching thing for anybody who gets into the course right now. Um, we're going to start that coaching on October 25th. So anybody who purchases before then, basically before the 24th of October is going to be included in the, the coaching and the coaching can apply some of this stuff directly to our lives. Cause that's what this thing is built around. It's designed to be able to fit It's designed. It's basically, it's the only thing I've found that can be that pill that you take every morning and you know exactly what to work on, why to work on it. And then you can string days like that together. And that's how you end your year going like, whoa, look at what we got done this year, right? That's how vision grows. That's how you discover more and more of what you're really on this planet to do, what you know you want to be doing. Um, One of the things that, Steph, anything you want to add here before? I want to to talk about some of the guests that we have on in the show. Yeah, I was just about to add one thing from my perspective, just to kind of, I don't know, share how what journaling has been like for me, because I think we've talked a lot about that. I love the idea of this being like a direction practice. I think that's 100% true. But mm. one thing that I've really found that is just especially resonating with me for the season of life that I'm in. So for all my people out there who are moms and dads of little kids, I think that you will like really feel what I'm saying with this in particular, any busy people really, but having some kind of journaling practice and a lot of the things that Chase has taught, Chase has talked to me a lot and taught me a lot about what he does in his journaling practice. And it's really, really just helped complement what I was already doing and take it, taking it a, a, a level deeper. It has changed the way I feel in my skin throughout the day. It's the only way I know how to say it. It's like, let mm. me just give you a quick contrast between on days I don't do this and days that I do. When I don't do it, I get out of bed because my daughter's already crying. And like my day's already, you guys, it's like, it's 6.30 in the morning. My day is like already gone <laughs> at that point. <laughs> like she's crying. Oh my God, I got to get up. I got to get the breakfast. I got to figure out, you know, I got to change her diaper. 
Then I got to get her to school and then I've got to, you know, figure out what my day is going to be. And it's 10 o'clock and it's like, it's, it's like the train's already left the station and it's 2 PM and I hate the way that I feel. Whereas if I take the time, not that I'm getting up earlier than my daughter, daughter, cause I don't, and I'm not doing this first, first thing in the morning. That's the other thing I love about this journaling course is we kind of throw out the idea that this has to be the very, you can do this whenever you want. It doesn't have to be at five o'clock in the morning. It can be whenever works for you. But on the days that I find sometime in my morning, sometime before 10 a.m. generally, to just refocus on how do I want this to feel? Like, how do I want business building to feel to me? What do I want? What do I want it to feel like to live in my skin? I know that might sound hokey if you haven't gone through the course, but it changes the whole trajectory of your day because then you just go, oh, okay. It almost feels simple. It's like, I want, like you said, Chase, I just want to enjoy writing. Well, I can do that. But if I don't take the time to focus on what am I in this for? And just like reminding myself of that in the most authentic way, it calms me down and it makes me feel like, oh, okay. All I have to do is like go connect with people in Fizzle who want to build cool stuff. Well, I can go do that. And I just feel like that is the difference between me like just going crazy all day long, chasing one, you know, uh, item on my to-do list after the other feeling like I didn't get anything done and instead feeling like I'm just super aligned with what I'm really here to do. So that's kind of just been my personal experience with this approach. And I think it's so simple, but so, so powerful. It's not your typical kind of like, and I'm a planner girl. I love planners. I love productivity. That's all great. But there's something to this that is just refreshingly simple. And I think that's really the, that's been the beauty of it for me. Mm. I love that. Okay, so in my research for this content, I I ended up talking with some of the I did some like who are the most successful, deep, insightful entrepreneurs that I know who use journaling. And uh, in the end, these conversations were so valuable that I added them to the course as bonus interviews. We thought that we'd maybe make them fizzle show episodes at the time. But uh, what I've done is I've made them a part of the course. And then what I want to show you now is just a handful of snippets from these interviews because they're just too good to just be in the course. These are some of my favorite parts from these bonus lessons. Okay, first up is John Lee Dumas of the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. This guy does so much in a year, including put out a couple journals, the Freedom Journal and the Mastery Journal, which we talk about at length in this uh, interview that we do. But here's a snippet of how he got into journaling in the first place. So I started journaling early in 2014, and that was about a year before the idea of the Freedom Journal came. Um, I was just at this point where I was waking up and I was jumping into emails and I was kind of getting into that work mode right away. And I was realizing by the end of the day that like I really wasn't accomplishing any of the things that I needed to to kind of move my business forward. And I said, man, I got to figure this stuff out. So I kind of went to the gurus and s- tried to learn and study and see like what they were doing. And two things just kept coming up over and over again, meditation and journaling, and actually setting intentions at the beginning of the day about what you're going to accomplish. So I kind of went out there and I found the journals that I liked. One of them was a five-minute journal, and Tim Ferriss kind of raved about it a little bit. So I was like, you know what? Let's give it a whirl. Okay. I love this story of like, okay, take me back to like the beginning days of starting this five-minute journal, for example. Um, just start like realizing, oh my God, I'm because I, I've been in that mode so much of my life that just... Basically, for me, what it looks like is I end the day feeling like crap. Like I didn't do enough. I didn't, I like, I just didn't do it enough, right? I just didn't do enough of the thing I wanted to do. I wasn't clear about what I wanted to do. 
And then, so of course I didn't do it, right? And so what I think of things through now is through the like sort of lens of like, how do you feel about your work? And how do you want your work to feel? And I was not feeling how I wanted to feel about my work. It was just a lot of, a lot of just moodiness. And so, and you know, who paid for that for me was my, my son and my wife. And now I've got a baby girl. And so it's like, it's, it's just like, these are the people who are paying for me being moody, for daddy being moody. You know what I mean? It just really sucked for that reason. I That's what made me get into the journaling thing or what led me on the path to like start figuring it out. Sounds very similar to yours. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I would actually say that your son and your wife weren't paying you know, from your moodiness. They were paying from your lack of productivity, from your lack of actually being disciplined to do the things that you should have been doing during that day. Because for me, I mean, I look back, I'd wake up, I would dive into emails, then I would dive into social media, you know, then I'd go back into my inbox. And of course, emails create emails. So now I have more emails. And I would look up and I'd be like, oh my God, it's noon. I've done nothing of, of any value today. Let's go eat some lunch. I'd come back from lunch. I'd be like, okay, now it's time for a lunch nap. And then I'd wake up from my lunch nap and I'd be like, I don't feel like doing anything of value today. Let's get back into the emails and social media. And then you look at the end of the day and you say, what did I actually accomplish besides having really meaningless conversations back and forth all day today? Like, what am I creating of lasting value, of legacy, of actual worth? And I just had enough of those days in a row, Chase, where I said, you know, enough is enough. I know there's other people out there that are doing great things. So I started looking to people like Tim Ferriss and like Tony Robbins and like Brian Tracy, who just seem to be able to continuously put out great stuff. And I said, what are they doing? And by doing that kind of thought and research, two words kept coming up, and that was meditation and that was journaling. And so, you know, I got my act together. I started uh, meditating on a daily basis using this great app called Muse. And then I started journaling by getting the five-minute journal and by just starting off my day for five minutes. I mean, I had to just guilt myself into saying, you don't have five minutes in the morning to do this. And for five minutes, I would list out three things that I was grateful for, three things mm. that would make today a great day. And then honestly, I'd be off to my day. And I would then be able to look back in the, the day and say, okay, these are the three things that I said in the morning would make today a great day. Did I actually do those three things? And knowing that I put that in writing in the morning ensured that those are the things that I prioritize throughout that day. And I always kind of love to say, like, don't give your best self away in the morning. Don't give your best self to your emails and to your social media. That can all wait. Give your best self to that project, to that course, to that book, to that whatever it might be that really lights you up inside. That's what deserves the best part of you. And when you have that morning routine in place, that's what's going to get it. So that's when I flipped things on, on, on its behind and really started doing things the right way. And that's where the idea for the Freedom Journal came in. Got it. And now for you personally, going back to those days where you're just playing with the the five-minute journal, these ideas of sort of setting your intentions, figuring out how it is you want to be feeling and stuff like that. Uh, what do you remember about that experience? I remember actually being present. And that was one thing that I feel like I was really missing pre-journaling was I wasn't present. I was just waking up and I seemed to be going through the motions in this kind of fog that I would kind of look up gasping at some point during the day. I would be like, what have I even been doing? And I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. 
So I didn't know what I should be doing. And it just kind of was this endless circle. I was like in the matrix of some sort. Journaling Mm. brought me presence. Like it brought me to the moment. And I said, you know what? This is what matters now. This is what's going to matter if I accomplish this today. And this is why it's going to matter. It actually made me think about what mattered and why it mattered. And then it actually got me excited about it, Chase. Because then I was like, oh, wow, this is a worthy project. This is a worthy goal. This is a worthy ideal. I get to work on this. I have the opportunity to work on this. And I would get fired up again in just five minutes. I was doing the five-minute journal. I mean, it was that quick. And then by the time I put that journal down, I was excited to jump into the project that I didn't even know, you know, existed in my mind until that point. Okay, so much more from John in the course itself, but there's one more snippet I just got to show. It's this bit where he's talking about figuring out what projects to work on. You have all these things on on your list, all these things you could do. So how do you decide which one to work on? Check this out. So... I have a lot of things that I could be spending my time on. And I think that's one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they start, they say, well, I don't know what's going to work. So why don't I just kind of use the shotgun approach? And the problem with that shotgun approach is, well, if you do the shotgun approach, that means you're kind of going a mile wide with all of these ideas and you're only able to go an inch deep. So of course, none of them are going to work because you're not spending enough time, enough influence, enough focus on any of them. When instead, if you can just focus on one idea, go one mile deep, you'll be able to find out a lot faster and for, and for sure with certainty if that idea is actually going to work. So that's kind of how I process things out. I'm like, you know what? I want to do, like maybe try out these four things. You know, maybe it's writing a traditional book. You know, maybe it's creating an app. Maybe it's doing, um, you know, fill in the blank for number three. You know, maybe if, uh, a product in the health field for number three, then maybe a travel product for number four. Instead of just like not really being sure about which ones I want to do, what I do instead is I say, okay, listen, which one gets me most excited and what am I most curious about right now? And let me just go all in on that one, completely ignoring the others. And I'll find out quickly if this is something that I actually want to flesh out, if this is something that actually gets some momentum, this is actually something that gets some traction of some kind. And I know if I want to explore that, like I've had things that I was really excited about, I'd go into, they've got some traction, but then I'd be down there and I'd be like, you know what? This actually isn't how I want to spend my days. So I would just kind of backtrack up and then I would go on to that second thing. So there's never a surefire method, but in my mind, the best strategy you can use is to really just kind of follow that curiosity, go deep on it quickly with your focus and you'll find out, is this something that I want to keep going forward on? I love that. I love that. That's so, that's so humane. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so like, we can all do that. Yeah. Every one of us can do that. And it's humane because it's like, put the idea out of its misery. If it's a bad, (laughs) if it ends up being a bad idea, like stop letting it just linger, you know, like some festering wound. That is so funny. (laughs) Put the idea out of its misery. Shotgun. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) <laughs> shotgun dang what's up with that thing i, I want to know. know how does it how does it hang <laughs> straight up wait up hold up mr lover mr lover like prince <laughs> said you're a sexy mother Ooh. <laughs> wow is that some salt and pepper we're going deep on right there <laughs> i would do i would go to a, a halloween party as salt if you'd be pepper Oh God, so much fun with John. That is, and John, listen, man, you know, I'd go to the Halloween as, as your, as your pepper. 
if you'd be my salt. Uh, learn more from John, entrepreneuronfire.com, eofire.com. You can also check out his journals that he made, the Freedom Journal and the Mastery Journal. We'll put links to those in the show notes here because those are great. More from John in the podcast, uh, not the podcast, but the course itself. Okay, now I want to switch gears. I want to introduce you to Jess Lively. She's someone who many of you probably already know. I love spending time with Jess. We're both kind of cosmonauts about this stuff, stuff that other people might call woo-woo. And in this interview, we get into some of what I call the advanced level stuff, I think. Jess has this process she's done, which is a little different than journaling per se. It's a practice of writing to her intuition. So I ask her how she got started with this, and she describes for us the difference between the two voices she kind of plays with or hears when she does this exercise. I read Eat, Pray, Love, and in it, in the early chapter, she describes how she used to write questions and she would hear very peaceful answers. So since I was in a very similar position with a breakup that was happening, I decided to do the same thing and I found I had really peaceful answers. So I kept doing it. So you heard this in Eat, Pray, Love, and it was like, I'm just going to write to these questions to myself and then I'm going to write the answer that comes back sort of like from this how do you explain the difference between writing from your intuition versus writing from just your, your mind or your ego or your, what, like, is there like a feeling of it that's different? It was very obvious from the beginning. So I would ask the questions from what I heard Eckhart Tolle from that point. I'd read a new earth. So and I maybe had read the power of now. I doubt I even read that yet, but I had learned about the ego from a new earth, at least by that point. So I had heard about, the idea of an ego, but I didn't fully experience it in myself from an ongoing daily basis until that experience where my ego for those four months was having its own opinions on the situation. And then I started writing to get peace out of that. And that, and the answers I heard were inherently peaceful. The questions were filled with these uncertainties, these fears, these scarcity mindsets and everything. But the answers that I heard were so consistently peaceful and clear. They came from a totally different part of me that I could, I just decided to describe as intuition. There was no other way for me to understand what that could possibly be, at least not at the time. So I would just literally ask a fearful question and get a peaceful response. It was a totally different level of understanding than the one I had when I wrote the question. I would just literally, the biggest thing I'd have to say for people is you have to listen. You cannot say that, oh, I know the answer. Like it's, it's maybe a knowing, but it's not the knowing with the same voice that asks the fearful questions. There is a qualitative difference. And the only way I can describe it is as you're listening to my voice, you're listening to me. You're not deciding what I'm going to say to you. You're listening to hear what the words I'm going to choose are. That's the same mentality and point of view that I do when I'm writing. I wait to hear what's being said and I simply transcribe it. I just write it down. I love this conversation with Jess. Jess gets into stuff that that we don't necessarily cover in the course. The course is about the essentials for our entrepreneurial journey, just literally coming from vision, values, motivation, affirmation, figuring out what we need to do today and turning up our sort of internal heart feeling <laughs> excitement stuff and actually aiming it at our projects that we have to do or figuring out what projects we could do. So more from Jess that goes a little bit more advanced in the course and in the interview that we did there. And if you want to check out more from Jess, you can check out her podcast. That's the Lively Show. Really killer podcast. 
I also talked to Whitney English, a powerful entrepreneur who's built multiple businesses through rocky terrain, all the while staying constant in her biggest endeavor, which is being mom. If you've ever seen those daily planners from Day Designer, that's one of her companies. Awesome stuff. You can get them in Target now. So I talked to Whitney about her businesses that she started. And the first one, she actually ended up having to file bankruptcy for. She told that story. And she said on the second one, she wanted to do things differently. She wanted to build her business out of her values, build it up uh, on her values more. And she had this great stuff to say about that. Here's one of the ways she talks about the difference between vision, values, and goals. Well, so I I think there's values and those are kind of like the North Stars. And then there's vision, which is, I think we're going to head south today if we're on an adventure. And then there are goals, which is, we've got to hit Amarillo by morning, you know? And yeah, um, yeah. And, and the other thing is the goals are so, they're, you know, smart goals, smart goals, like air quotes and annoyed little voice um, on mm-hmm. smart goals. Because when my business failed, I, I went back to my goal list. And one of the questions I asked myself was how, how did I get here? Like I had goals. I wasn't drifting. Like what was, what was wrong with this? And I looked at my goal list and I realized that I only had business goals. I didn't have goals for any of those other value areas mm-hmm. of my life. I didn't have faith goals. I didn't have family goals. I had business goals. And when I talked about my goals, that's what I got up every morning was I, looked at my smart goals and were they specific and measurable and realistic and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, um, at that point in time, I said, I, I, I said, screw the smart goals thing. Let's just do heart goals and let's not beat ourselves up if we don't hit Amarillo by morning. And, um, I came up with this little acronym for heart goals instead of smart goals. And, um, mm. it's five things, eight, H is help yourself. So self-care is first. I have to have self-care goals. How am I going to take care of me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically? E is everyone else. That's my people in my life. My husband, my kids, they are next. Nothing trumps them. Nothing trumps them except for maybe self-care. Have to do that. Um, the A is attitude and academics. How am I learning? What am I growing? What am I, how, how am I growing? What am I doing to, to learn and grow? The R is resources. That's where my money goes. And it's fourth on the list. It's not first. I'm not going to allow money to drive what I do. It's a stewardship thing, not a driver. And then T, the very last one mm. is, is trade and business and career. And when I started using mm. that process to not only plan bigger goals, like are we going to, you know, the, are, you know we're, on a, we're on this trip, this journey called life. When are we going to hit Amarillo? I, I use that process for for five-year goals, for 10-year goals, for one-month goals. When I'm looking at a monthly calendar, I just ask myself, in each of these five categories, what's one thing I'm going to work on this month? That's it. And then it, there's, no, there's no fail or succeed. There, I, there, there are no numbers associated with it. It's like the least smart goal thing I could do. There's, all, the only thing that matters on those is progress. and. Um, and then I, if I'm having a bad day, that's one of my, my productivity hacks I do is I'd just be sitting there and be like, okay, I've got to do something today. Got to get out of my pajamas. <laughs> so let's mm-hmm. run down this list. Can I put a check mark beside one of each of those five things? And if I can, that's a good enough day. And that's, pr- that 
that mm. moves the needle forward no matter what. Mm. I love talking with Whitney and these heart goals. This was very cool. Just one part of, of many in that longer conversation. So if you want to learn more from Whitney, you can check her out on Instagram as Whitney English. Okay, and then the final conversation I had was with an executive coach named Lucas Brave. He's a guy that helps people basically just confront their deepest, darkest fears. And we got really deep in this conversation. One thing that uh, he explained is this fears and feelings exercise. One of the be- like one of the best bang for your bucks you can get in journaling and writing down is ask yourself the thing that what what am I the most afraid of that if I were honest about would blow my life up? Like it would literally blow my life to pieces. And then write yourself an honest letter, like as honest as you can get letter of, of about that. From what perspective do you write the letter? Is it like, are you the one who is think, who is seeing what you're afraid of and, and trying to, you know? Right. So here's, here's the way I do it. I will go, what, what in my life am I, what in my life am I just super frustrated about? So get real for you because you've talked about frustration. This is why, probably why it's coming out because I'm bent to just help, right? So frustration is a place in your life where I believe, this is just me, where I believe you're, you're not willing, you're not, you've not brought yourself to a place of complete honesty. Okay. Hmm. And so really when you say you're frustrated you're really afraid of something and when we're afraid of something we typically run away from it okay or we Mm -hmm. fight it okay both of those things we we've evolved beyond we can set those to the side okay now let me just be frustrated for a second feel it what am i afraid of and then i write down this is what i'm afraid of and then i write in parentheses i feel this about what i just wrote so uh, let me do this for you for myself really quickly. Right now, I am afraid. I am afraid of not having my next, like an- another round of contracts, and not being able to make a living. Legit fear that I have often. Okay, uh, I I would write down. I am I am afraid. I am scared to death that no contract, no more contracts are going to come in at the end of these, this round of contracts that I have right now. Cause that's coming up on me in, a, in about a month. I'm scared to death of that. And then I'll write princes. Uh, I feel clear. I feel afraid. And then I would go, what scares me the most about that? And then I just write down, uh, and I'll play it out. I play out. i I'm afraid that if nobody comes in, I won't be valid. I will be, I, I'll prove all my inadequacies will inadequacies will be proven. I won't be able to take care of my family. We'll end up being this, this, and this. And then I write, I feel determined. I feel present. I still feel afraid. <laughs> and I just keep writing. I keep asking my, I follow the fear from this paragraph. What makes me, what am I the most afraid of? From this paragraph, what am I the most afraid of? And it allows me to just continue to be super honest with those things that I'm trying not to look at. This is deep emotional work for entrepreneurs. Uh, really great. We go into much further depth in that conversation with Lucas. So that's like a, a masterclass at the end of this two hours of video training. Um, you want to find more about Lucas, I highly recommend it. Check him out on Instagram at lucas.brave. 
Okay, so there's some of the snippets from those bonus conversations. I got, I loved talking with uh, John Lee DeMoss was actually really surprising to me how much journaling had meant to him. And then Jess Lively, she and I, uh, we always go like super cosmonauty. I love Jess because she's like every bit as as into this weirdo stuff that that I am. But her stuff on writing to her intuition, killer killer conversation whitney english who's like a total powerhouse entrepreneur who's started multiple businesses and is building more as we speak she talks about that when i talked to her she had this framework for vision the difference between vision values and goals and that was probably she probably puts it better than i'd heard it anywhere else before and then finally, my friend Lucas Brave, who is just one of the, that's the one that's like, it's next level, that conversation, it, because it's really, we get into some very deep emotional stuff. And in my experience, I think like any of our experience who's experienced stuff like this, dude, deep emotional things can keep you so locked up and, and, and unaware of just how blind you're being to what really needs to happen next. So the exercises he gives us in that conversation are just killer. So that's that's the, the some of the snippets from from those interviews. Loved hearing those voices. Super grateful for all those guys and gals for for hanging out and chatting with us about this topic. And that's our episode for the day. You guys have anything else to add, Corbett? We should just tell people. Um, but I don't think we mentioned this before. But if you're a Fizzle member. This course is included in your membership. It's already in there. You can go take it right away. You can also sign up for the special coaching that Chase is going to be leading. He's actually going to walk you guys through building this process based on the what he teaches in the course live. So uh, you can get that. If you're not a Fizzle member, you can sign up for a free trial and take this course. Um, and we're trying something new this time around as well. You can also purchase this course standalone if you'd rather not uh, sign up for membership. So all of those details can be found Mm. at fizzle.co slash journal. Love that. Fizzle.co slash journal. All right, y'all. That is episode 237 of the show. You can go to fizzle.co slash journal to dive in and check out the long first video that I put there with it's like uh, it's like the late night with Chase Reeves because I've got the graphics coming in oh, it's actually it's last week tonight with Chase Reeves mm-hmm. uh, I got the graphics and a few couple jokes I think I can't remember but uh, I, I'm really proud of this course I hope you guys dig it fizzle.co slash journal here's an iTunes review from mum of boo in the UK mum of boo mum of boo says makes me smile I love these podcasts. I especially love Chase's bonkerness. His intros make me smile without fail. Apart from that, the content is spot on, and I look forward to hearing the podcast every week. I've listened to countless business podcasts, but this one is uh, this is one of two I listen to regularly, and it never disappoints. Loving your work. P.S. If you're ever over in the U.K., let's go out and get a drink of tea. Aw, thanks, Mum of Boo. Thanks so much. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.
Hey guys, we haven't done this before, but I want to call out one of the podcasts that we've been listening to behind the scenes occasionally. I got my friend Jordan from The Art of Charm here, and Jordan has this killer podcast where he interviews loads of people from all over the place. And one that I listened to recently was the Mike Rowe episode. Jordan, my favorite thing about this personally was Mike Rowe talking about the need and importance of authenticity in his sort of path. By the way, people, Mike Rowe, Mike Rowe was Discovery Channel, d- d- World's Dirtiest Jobs, best guy in the world. He does all the voiceover for the crabbing show. Do you remember what that was called, Jordan? I can't oh, remember that one. No, it, is <laughs> that best Deadliest catch. catch? Deadliest Catch, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the Mike Rowe episode. What do you remember about that one? Mike Rowe was awesome. First of all, he showed up and he's like, Oh, this is today. And he did his people and like our people, whatever, didn't get anything sort of straightened out. I saw him in the hallway of the studio. I was like, Oh, you're ready? And he's like, I'm here to do cartoons, you know? I was like, uh, <laughs> you're here to do our show. And he's like, uh, hold, hold on, I gotta make a phone call. And basically postpone like a Disney audition to do Art of Charm. And I thought, like, that's that's just so Mike Rowe to Whoa. call Disney and be like, hang on, bro. And then do an hour and a half long interview with Art of Charm. And he he's really uh, an authentic guy, as you guys have seen on the show. And so we talk about how he broke this pattern of becoming a commodity in the business mm. by approaching hosting and the profession of hosting as a tradesman, right? Which eventually led into Dirty Jobs and other shows that we know him on. And we bust a lot of bromides, which is actually a real word. And I love this word because it's... it's uh, Bromide is essentially like follow your passion or never give up and these stupid meme trope garbage things that Mm. are being passed around, especially in the entrepreneur community. Oh, you know, never give up. Or if you're following your passion, the money will come. He hates that stuff because it's just not true. And it's demonstrably not true. And it leaves people with these feelings that they're getting burned on something or that they're missing out on something. Mm. And it really causes people a lot of pain. It, it's it's like short-term hope, long-term failure, and it's just not worth it. So he really digs into that with us. And on top of that, we talked about why finding a fulfilling niche and, and may, maybe actually ultimately better than chasing your dream job or whatever that even means. And so he's a, a very big advocate of bringing your passion with you, but not necessarily following it to the detriment of all other things. And of course, he's funny and he tells a bunch of cool stories that are really funny. So this episode was phenomenal. I mean, who can, who doesn't love Mike Rowe? Dude, uh, he was the best. He's the best. So anybody who wants to listen to that episode, how can they find it? It's at the Art of charm.com of course but you're listening to a podcast right now just search for the art of charm in your podcast app and we've got hundreds of episodes with everyone from like i said mike rowe to shaquille o'neal to tony hawk to general stanley mccrystal i mean we got if they got wisdom we're, we're hunting them down i love it thanks jordan